Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. Back in May, on Memorial Day weekend, I headed over to Chelsea on Manhattan's west side. Okay, passing under the High Line now. To meet up with my colleague, Wall Street Journal tech columnist Christopher Mips. Charging works. Got to figure out how to connect my device because all cars are phones on wheels now. Aha, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Christopher was there to pick up a car to test drive, a Lucid Air Grand Touring. Oh, well, found the glove compartment. <laughs> it's an electric vehicle that has all the hallmarks of a luxury car. How's it feel? Uh, like the best-tuned Mercedes you've ever been in. And I have only driven 20 feet so far. Displays and touchscreens, wood and leather-paneled interiors, and cameras that give the driver a live 360-degree view of everything going on around the car. It's unreal. Imagine learning to drive on this. It would completely ruin you. And it has some serious pickup. Lucid says in its fastest mode, the Air Grand Touring can go from zero to 60 miles per hour in under three seconds. I'm so tempted to open it up, but it would be really a mistake. (laughs) But what Christopher and I were really interested in wasn't how fast it could go, but how far. According to company estimates reported to the Environmental Protection Agency, Lucid's Air Grand Touring can travel up to 516 miles on a single charge. That's upwards of 100 miles farther than the estimates for Tesla's top-of-the-line Model S. Christopher says Lucid's car can do that because it was designed to use every volt of electricity as efficiently as possible. Every part of the powertrain is engineered to within a millimeter of its life, and that's not even an exaggeration. The head of engineering at Lucid told me that they fought over millimeters in the tolerances of some of the internal parts. And it's because the electric powertrain, when you engineer it enough, can just be shrunk down, 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 down. You get smaller, more powerful motors. You get more power dense, more compact battery packs. It's one way that Lucid is trying to combat what's often called range anxiety. The worry that an electric vehicle will run out of juice before you can find a charging station. That fear is still a major issue facing the market, even as roadside chargers have become more common. I've heard it loud and clear from my readers. They still have tons of range anxiety when they think about buying an electric vehicle. And a lot of them, you know, like to go on road trips and such. And uh, the idea is what if you could just eliminate charging from your day completely. From the Wall Street Journal, this is the future of everything. I'm Danny Lewis. Today, we hitch a ride with Christopher Mims as he takes an electric car on a multi-state international road trip and find out how putting that miles per charge estimate to the test gives us a glimpse into how range could shape the future of electric vehicles. Buckle up. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
Christopher, when you set off on this road trip, what were you expecting from it before you hit the highway? So my plan was to have a full day of driving and never have to stop to charge because that's typically not something you can do with an electric vehicle. I wanted to say, hey, you know what? You really can do a full day's drive and then it just charges while you sleep. You never have to charge this vehicle or gas it up or anything. And so I set out an itinerary from New York to Boston to Montreal that should allow that with with range to spare. And of course, that's where the adventure began. So tell me about the first leg of the trip. Right away, I noticed that the car seemed to be getting, you know, between 20 and 30% less range than promised. Like it just was the, the, the range left to me was ticking down that much faster than I had expected. I have just exited the five boroughs of New York City. And when I got it fully charged, an indicator on the dash said it only had 466 miles of range. I have traveled now 24 miles and I have lost, what, about 10 more miles? than this car estimated I was going to in the first place. To be fair, this car was sitting for a while, running the air conditioning in the hot May sun. Let's see how close we get. In some ways I had anticipated that because I knew that just, you know, driving over 60 and a harder acceleration and the rest would make a difference. But I just kind of was like, huh, okay, well, this isn't giving me quite the super fantastic range that I was promised. I have only, 199 miles to go until I get to Cambridge, Massachusetts. So given that I have 430 miles of range, in theory, I could drive all the way to Cambridge and back. Although I don't know that I would want to test that. It wasn't nerve wracking on that first day, but it, it did feel notable and it was sort of a harbinger of things to come. A Lucid Motor spokesman told us real world EV ranges are affected by a variety of factors, including weather, the road itself, using air conditioning and driving speeds. Okay, so you make it to Massachusetts a couple hours later that evening. Um, What was the plan? I wanted to kind of have the experience that the average EV driver who's not driving a Tesla would have, which is like just what infrastructure is available. And I use an app called PlugShare to find the nearest thing to where I was staying. And that happened to be at the... uh, Cambridge Public Works building. And I thought, okay, well, free parking overnight uh, seems like a, a, a safe, well-trafficked area. And the next day, the vehicle was completely recharged and was ready to go. Yeah, how long did you leave it parked for? I left it parked for close to 12 hours all in. And that was also an interesting lesson because It did impress me that the battery in this vehicle was so large that even though I had only depleted it by two thirds, it took nearly 12 hours to completely recharge it on one of these slow chargers. So you get back in the car. Uh, What was the next destination and uh, what did you need to be able to make it? I was going all the way to Montreal and I had calculated that I would get there with range to spare. But going up mountains in New Hampshire, I mean, this is not the Rockies, but it's still going to take energy to drag a 5,000 pound car 
up a several thousand foot high peak. That was the point where I thought to myself, hmm, I'm gonna need to be careful and let's try to keep it to 65 because I wanna make it all the way. So not so much uh, joyriding there. Definitely not joyriding at that part of the trip, even though it was tempting on those windy mountain roads. So just past a sign that said it is 136 kilometers to Montreal and the range indicator says we have 191 kilometers of range left. So that means in theory, we'll get to Montreal and there'll be about 50 kilometers of range to spare, which seems like it's enough to drive around a little bit and find a, a place to charge. Because of course I don't have a guaranteed place to charge tonight. Um, finding hotels with chargers is in this day and age still very hard. This is probably the first time in the trip that I'm feeling a little bit of range anxiety. And I imagine that will only mount as we get closer to our destination. We'll see how it goes. So at this point, you've been driving for hours and hundreds of miles. When you finally made it to Montreal, how much did you have left in the tank, so to speak? When I made it to Montreal, I had less than 10% charge left. You know, I was driving into the city and a little alert came up on the dash, like low charge, like recharge your vehicle. And I wasn't too worried because I had been told at the border, oh, uh, you know, our charging infrastructure here in Quebec is excellent. You're gonna have a very good experience, <laughs> which of course jinxed us. What happened? The challenge is there've been so many incentives for EV ownership in Canada that these chargers are really popular and people park at them overnight all the time. The first cluster of chargers that I went to, none were available. The second charger I went to, uh, one was available, it just wouldn't work, which sometimes happens with public chargers. So now I had to kind of hunt and find one that was not too far from where I was staying. And I finally did find one and was able to charge the vehicle overnight at long last, but that was my third try. Unfortunately, it was in a out of the way enough spot that uh, I got the plates stolen off the vehicle by- No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was annoying. Um, I mean, it did, it did illustrate that one of the challenges of trying to just charge your vehicle overnight, even if you can, is it's going to dictate where you can park it, right? And you, you, maybe you can find a garage with chargers, but then you're going to pay extra for the garage, and that negates some of the savings on fuel costs that you would normally get from an EV. All in, it took 18 hours to fully recharge the vehicle. So it was an object lesson in the fact that Fast charging ends up being necessary on most road trips, even if you have an ultra long range vehicle, because you just cannot get juice into a vehicle fast enough otherwise to be convenient. Just ahead, what a possible future for EVs might look like when range anxiety turns into range frustration. Stay with us. Rapid expansion? We're ready. Worker shortage? We're good. Anything can change the world of work. A celebrity buys the company. Depends on who it is. But relax, we've got ADP. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. So... 
so you've just done this first leg of the trip. Uh, a couple days later, you do the whole thing in reverse. What was the drive back like? Generally a lot easier and more pleasant because I had confidence in the vehicle. And this was the point at which I think my range anxiety, it didn't evaporate completely, but I really understood, okay, this is what this particular EV can do. I feel comfortable with it. I know how to plan around any issues that it might have, and, and I know that I'm gonna make it to my next destination. Okay, it finally hit me what it is that I'm experiencing in this vehicle. And it is, it does represent progress. I'm not feeling anxiety in this vehicle, but I am irritated, you know? It's still, it's it's a, it's a pee in the mattress, and I'm, I'm the, the princess complaining about this very, very first world problem, but it's still an issue. What do you mean by that? For me, range frustration is the fact that the average electric vehicle is not going to perform at its EPA-rated range, generally. And that's affected by a lot of things. It's affected by the altitude that you're climbing over the trip, the outside temperature, the way that you're driving the vehicle. But it's also affected by things like, if you want your EV's battery to last as long as possible, you don't want to be fully charging it and fully discharging it every time you use it, right? Manufacturers say you want to keep it between like 20 and 80% or 10 and 90%. And so that means, okay, well, that's an extra 10 or 20% range that you're going to shave off the top. So even in an ultra long range EV, the ultimate range doesn't match the kind of sticker range, you might say. And you know, we all get frustrated when something doesn't deliver on its initial promise. Speaking of charging, during a Wall Street Journal live Q&A in June, Lucid Motors CEO Peter Rawlinson said that slow overnight charging is better for EV batteries and for the power grid overall. But he also noted that most people don't drive very far in a day on average, under 40 miles in the U.S. If we can, if we can achieve that with, say, five miles per kilowatt hour, that's only six kilowatt hours per vehicle person. And that's quite within the, the capability of the grid as it stands. Christopher, if charging stations are becoming more common and accessible, especially these really high-powered superchargers, why should EVs need to be able to make such a long trip anyway? The answer is, frankly, they don't, right? We are going to see future generations of EVs with less range, but they're going to cost a lot less. I mean, we're getting close to crossing a barrier where an EV costs less than a gasoline vehicle before you even calculate the total cost of ownership. The future is about a diverse range of EVs, you know, low range city EVs, plug-in hybrids. They're still going to be relevant for many decades. And then, yeah, there are going to be these really long-range EVs, which are going to stay more in the range of luxury. On the flip side of all this, are we going to end up in a world where it's kind of, you know, range anxiety for thee, but not for me? Because I can afford a luxury EV that, you know, can go 500 miles on a single charge. I think we're definitely going to end up in that world. 
It won't be as dystopian as that sounds because for lots of folks, having a vehicle with less range that charges quickly is is more than adequate, especially if you live in a city, as most of us do. But could you see people kind of bragging about the range of their luxury EVs on social media and elsewhere? Definitely. You'll definitely see that. Christopher Mims is a technology columnist at The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. The Future of Everything is a production of The Wall Street Journal. Stephanie Ogenfritz is the editorial director of The Future of Everything. This episode was produced by me, Danny Lewis. Our fact checker is Aparna Nathan. Michael Laval and Jessica Fenton are our sound designers and wrote our theme music. Catherine Millsop is our supervising producer. Aisha Al-Muslim is our development producer. Scott Salloway and Chris Sinsley are the deputy editors. And Falana Patterson is the head of news audio for The Wall Street Journal. Like the show? Tell your friends and leave us a five-star review on your favorite platform. Thanks for listening. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.